Hey fellow album divers, Trevor and Shane here. And before we kick off our last episode of 2022, we just want to say a quick thank you to all of you that have chosen to listen this year. Listening to great music and creating these episodes has been one of the best escapes for us since we began this project. Being able to share that experience with so many of you along the way has been infinitely rewarding. If you've been along with us from the beginning or just jumped on after a breakdown of one of your favorite albums, we're so grateful that you've taken the time to listen to our long-winded thoughts as we nerd out over music. If you've enjoyed listening, it would mean so much to us if you would share this podcast with a friend you know who loves great music, leave us a review or a rating, or reach out on Facebook or Instagram at Album Divers with any thoughts or suggestions you have for us as we head into 2023. From the bottom of our hearts, thank you for being with us on this journey. Now, for the last time in 2022, on to the show. Welcome to Album Divers. This is a podcast created by two music lovers who still remember listening to albums from start to finish the way the artists intended. We give history, track-by-track analysis, and delve into the music lyrics of some of the best albums of the past and today. Thanks for joining us. Let's dive in. Welcome to Album Divers. I'm Shane. And I'm Trevor. On this podcast, we take turns choosing albums to discuss and review. We alternate between one album released this calendar year and one that's been around a while. But this time, as we do, come year's end, instead of deep diving a single album, we'll each be mentioning five of our favorite albums from 2022 that we didn't get a chance to talk about on the podcast this year. All right, man, another year in the books. It's hard hard to believe we've been doing this project for... A little over three years now. It's crazy we've we've come to another year end. Yeah, it always seems like these sneak up on you. Uh, but it's really fun at the end to just kind of put a cap on it and reflect back through all the albums that were released throughout the year and compile our top five each. It's fun because sometimes you start listening to music and forget some of the bands that you really enjoyed listening to. And the way we format our podcast, it's so hard to sit down and record an entire episode as frequently as we'd like. So having this episode at the end to highlight some of the albums we didn't get a chance to talk about is maybe one of my favorite, if not my favorite part of this project we've had. It's really fun. Yeah, I love this part too. It's it's a nice way to reflect on all the music that we listened to over the past year and, and also to give nod to a lot of those bands that we would have loved to have done a deep dive if we had an infinite amount of time to do this project and didn't have our day jobs and all the other obligations in life. I was thinking back on my year of listening and I don't know if I listened to as much music or as much new music as I did in 2021, but I I did stumble upon an equal amount of, of albums that I'll store in my catalog of music to go back and check out at some point over the years. I mean, there there was an equal amount of, of music that I hold at a very high level that, that was influential that I think I'll always tie to this, this time period, this last uh, year of my life. So it's been fun to, to see this trend continue over the past three years where at the end of the year, we're, we're tasked with picking our, our best five of the albums that we didn't get to do a deep dive on and, and knowing that it's always 
difficult to weed out some of those others and narrow it down to five. You know, that just goes to show how much good music is still being released on a yearly basis and how cool it is that we're discovering new bands and also continuing to follow bands that we've listened to over the years as they put out uh, new music today. This does just put a stamp on the intent of this project because it is, as I get older and as I get busier, easy for me to want to slip back into the comfort of listening to something that I know. I sent you a really interesting article recently talking about how good it is for your brain and how it's a challenge to force yourself to experience new music. Yeah, that was fascinating. It's part of what music is. It's a comfort. But it went into the details of how valuable it is to actually spend the time to get to know something new. It's it's like breaking in a new pair of shoes or something. At first you put them on and you're kind of like, I don't know. I'm not sure if I really, I'm not used to this feeling. And then after you wear them a little bit, after you listen for a while, it starts to become something that you know the next note to. I mean, it's, it's what we talked about from the very first episode. And um, it's harder to do that, I think, as you get busier and as time goes on. And, and maybe how your brain is being formed in those early years plays a, a role in that. But to the best of our ability, keeping up with that, I think this episode, these episodes at the end of the year and this project in general has helped with that. To add on to what you were saying about that article... It was really interesting they used listening to music as an example, but really the overarching theme of that from a, a neuroscience perspective is that humans are wired to be drawn toward what's comfortable. Right. We right. tend to repeat a lot of things in our lives or when we're given the choice between something that's more familiar or looks like something that we've done in the past or something new, oftentimes the average person will gravitate towards the familiarity because of the fact that it's less challenging uh, to your norm, it's it's less uh, threatening uh, potentially. And as we age, we get more rooted in our ways and, and uh, continue to want to do things the way that we've determined to be best for us or, or see things a certain way or listen to the same music. But the science will tell you that when you do that, challenging yourself to step outside of your comfort zone and do something that's incredibly different is is actually beneficial to your development uh, as a human being. And uh, it has a number of benefits that they went on to uh, explain in that article that, that I thought was really cool. I'll link the article for anybody that might want to read it in more detail in the show notes here. I'd love for a, a neuroscientist to get in here and explain what's going on. But I do think creating some of those pathways in your brain year to year when we've done that does make it a little bit easier. Like I do think you know, just a type of artist that maybe I wouldn't have chosen to listen to in the past, I have sort of a totem or an anchor for them if something else comes up in the future where I might pass by if I was looking for something new to listen to. So having three years under our belts doing that, I do find it a little bit easier to do. And I'm hoping that this is like a muscle we're exercising or a neural pathway that we're exercising as we continue to grow and keep this project going. Kind of like sports in a sense, uh, now that I think about it. If you're a fan of sports kind of like being a fan of music as i'm a, a fan of sports and competition and all of those elements that make me love the the few sports that i really do i'm also a fan of, of good music and regardless of genre i'm open to experiencing that that uh art form and, and taking it in uh different ways um, through being exposed to music that that maybe i i haven't listened to uh in the past and I think that's something this project has helped me do, especially sharing 
this experience with you because although we have some similarities, I think our taste in music differs a little bit. And uh, you've exposed me to some bands that I maybe wouldn't have discovered on my own. Uh, but since we both share that passion for good music, and obviously there's some some bias and subjectivity uh, to that statement, but being people who have had music be a part of our lives since the beginning, maybe we do have a little more keen ability to to choose good music, but because our tastes differ a little bit, um, we're able to share music with each other that maybe we wouldn't have discovered on our own. You know, just like if we go back to the example of sports fans, you know, if somebody sees uh, something, a clip from a, a sporting event that maybe they don't follow, that's something that's that's powerful or moving or, or um, awe-striking for whatever reason, you share that with somebody who likes sports, even if that's not their sport, there's those commonalities or themes that unify all sports similar to music that, you know, we're all seeking uh, to some degree. Yeah, um, to continue your sports analogy there, I was thinking about the project in of itself to do it together it kind of reminds me of if you go play tennis with somebody that isn't any good hit the ball over the net and then you're chasing it half the time and your your returns don't feel quite so good having somebody else that also shares that passion that's really into music like i get to do with you in this project it does feel like i hit the ball over the net and then i got one coming right back at me at a good pace that allows me to do the same. So there's some some amount of it that's the goal of it. And then there's there's some amount of it is just the partnership of having somebody else throwing music at me and challenging me a little bit that I think is sharpening some of those same tools that we've been describing. And here we are on a new year. Should we get right into our picks? Yeah, let's do it. Before we do that, I want to go over the rules. These are, of course, our self-imposed rules for the year. There's only three of them. The rules are we can't pick an album that we picked for a deep dive. So this year we talked about in 2022, Jesse Norell's Aorta Borealis, and we also discussed Arcade Fire's album We, both great albums that we're not going to mention here on these top 10. The second rule is these aren't listed in any particular order, so we're just going to go back and forth. And then the last rule is we couldn't both pick the same album, so we shared picks with each other maybe couple weeks ago or so with enough time for us both to dig in and listen more deeply to the other's picks. But if we both overlapped on a pick or two, we had to decide who got to keep that one and who would pick a new album. I don't think we overlapped on any this year, though, did we? Or uh, We didn't. We did. Maybe we did. No, We didn't officially, but I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll give, give you a little more insight and detail on that as All we right. reveal that one. And lastly, after we have revealed each of our five picks... We will both tell the other what our top album of 2022 was, and this is information we have not shared with each other yet. So with those rules in place, should we jump into the first one? Yeah, should you start off? You want me to do it? Let me start. You started the last two I was remembering. Okay, that's fair. Let me start this one. All right. My first pick is the 10th studio album by a band who's been around for almost two decades now, Spoon's 2022 album called Lucifer on the Sofa finds lead singer Britt Daniel and company at their best with their brand of catchy, tried-and-true indie blues. The album was recorded in Austin, Texas, where Britt Daniels lived for many years and held many memories for him. Sessions began in 2019, but after significant delays due to the COVID-19 pandemic, wasn't released until February of 2022. Daniels describes the title of this album as not a reference to the actual devil, 
but to the one inside of us that appears at times of stress and takes his seat next to us on the sofa. On a personal note, Spoon was a band I knew I should know better, and with the accolades for this release, I figured there was never a better time to dive deeper into their music. What I discovered in Spoon was a band with more songs than I realized I would recognize, and a consistency of quality output few other bands have attained while still somehow flying relatively under the radar in comparison to all they have accomplished. The track I'd like to play for you is one inspired by the song Run 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 by The Who, and was just called Texas Riff before it had words. Released as the first single in 2021 ahead of this album's release, this is The Hardest Cut off of Spoon's 2022 album Lucifer on the Sofa. Took off in the dead of night But before you did Got your head combed right Yeah The neighborhood watch those who score And they're knocking at your door Let them knock some more They're saying you need a little Protection Might have been my favorite of the five you picked, although I'm, I'm not sure. That's it's difficult to pick because you had an array of, of genres, so it, it's tough to compare one to the next and yeah and choose because it, it kind of depends on the mood and the space and, and kind of the vibe of what I'm wanting or feeling. But I think if I had to pick one, uh, this would probably be it. This is a band that I that I thought I knew and and I. Definitely could remember a couple songs from over the years, but I definitely didn't know all of their work or, or even really an album from start to finish. I think I'd heard their hits over the years and maybe a few others and thought, oh yeah, Spoon, I, I know those guys. But as I was going through some of their history and uh, looking at some of their other songs from over the years, I was surprised to, to know that uh, they have some songs that I that I didn't um, realize were even theirs. And yeah, and that they've been around for so long. I think this album feels kind of fresh, um, but but at the same time, it it also it feels like what I would expect of Spoon or what what I what I knew of them uh, from the past. You know, and it, it just kind of brought me back to my youth in a way. Yeah, I feel like I kind of cheated a little bit on Spoon because in the conversation of new music discovery, these guys have been around a long time, but. It felt fitting to me because they were new really to me in terms of really diving in and understanding who they were as a band. And when I did that and listened back to some of their other albums too, what I felt like with this album is, sure, it pushes some new boundaries, but it felt like it was just Spoon. It really did feel like it folded into their discography. I have one more album on my list that is a band that's been around quite a while that diverges starkly 
from their prior sound. But since Spoon was new to me, I felt like it was okay for me to pick one that maybe does sound not too different from their other albums with a band that's been around quite a while. And it's just such a solid album. And it's one of those ones you really don't have to try too hard to like these songs. Um, In contrast to what we talked about when we started the episode, I felt like I pushed play and pretty much three songs in, I was like, we're deep diving this album. In fact, that's one thing I didn't get to mention. This this was on deck for us. We just ran out of time. This would have been there because it was my pick for a new album. So glad we were able to shoehorn it in, at least in part, for the podcast because it definitely deserves a mention here. Yeah, so am I. And I'll echo what, what, what you said about it being a really good album and complete from, from start to finish. It It has a lot of different songs from laid back ballads that could be pop radio hits uh, like the song wild which i think was probably my favorite track on the album it's a great song too to you know more upbeat harder songs where where they really rock out and play the guitar with a little bit of aggression and passion and the songs are well spaced that it feels complete from from start to finish where you're not wanting to skip tracks or you know, having a hard time get, getting through a certain section of it. Uh, it seems like they put a lot of a lot of thought into the construction and layering of the tracks in order uh, to make sure that it was a complete uh, body of work. For sure. All right, should we move on to your first pick, Shane? Yeah, definitely. This band is one that I recently discovered thanks to a recommendation from a, a friend who I met at a music festival a couple years back. I really got into one of their older albums, and when I saw that they were releasing one this year, I was definitely intrigued and wanted to check it out, and it, it quickly became an album that I that I returned to a lot this past year uh, that I could listen to in, in a number of different spaces, and, and uh, I, I really enjoy it. So Western North Carolina-based singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Ryan Gustafson has been drifting back and forth between Durham and Asheville over the past two decades of his life, making music with a number of different bands. His latest project, The Dead Tongues, has been his focus over the past 10 years. And although he has become well-known in the North Carolina music scene, he may be the best roots rock, folk, and Americana artist you have never heard of. From humble beginnings growing up in a poor family in the mountains with a deep spiritual connection to the earth, the land, and the idea of simple living, Gustafson recently found himself struggling to continue as a musician as he began to challenge his identity and the life he had found himself living after all these years of letting the songs guide his decisions and shape the world around him. After five months of not picking up an instrument at all, he decided he was going to get rid of everything that was tied to his identity as a musician. He even thought about changing his name. But as he was getting ready to throw out some old notebooks that he had years worth of material inside, he chose to flip through the pages to see if there was anything worth saving. And sure enough, he found some lyrics and images that spoke to him that he could not let go, and he felt inspired to write again. He went on to construct his fastest album ever and has delivered with perhaps his best work yet, his fifth studio album titled Dust, one that took him only nine days to record. His mindset during the construction of this album was to have fun with it, and it ultimately led to his rebirth as a musician. As the album title track states, some stories have no endings, some things never die, and I know this album will live on with me forever. I sure hope you choose to give it a listen, and at least let Ryan's magical voice and mystical music live with you long enough to appreciate the beauty of his work. 
this style we went back and forth not necessarily the same order though this was the first album that you revealed to me that you picked for one of your top five and since I was really excited to start compiling my thoughts for this episode the moment you sent this to me I was wanting to listen to it and it was kind of the end of my night but I was intrigued enough that I felt like I needed to stay up so everybody else in my house went to sleep I went downstairs and I put on my best pair of headphones and I just laid on the couch and listened to this one from start to finish when I probably should have been asleep. And this was the probably the perfect album to have that kind of experience for because it's really big and broad. If I had to attach some sort of genre to it, which I don't know that this really exists, is it's like an ambient Americana was the mm, phrase that yeah. kind of kept coming to mind because clearly it's got some of that roots Americana feel, but it's right, right. You know, with headphones especially, you you hear more things. Yeah, um, it kind of has a spatial listen. effect to it. Spatial, yeah, right? that's I a mean, good word like, for it. Right. It's it's cool. You ended up listening to this at night on the couch with some headphones because when I was doing a little bit of research. Uh, to to come up with the write-up for this album. I stumbled upon an interview where Ryan said that he would want people to listen to this album or or that it was best consumed while on a late-night drive, you know, by yourself in the dark, just kind of strolling through, you know, aimlessly wherever you were headed, um, you know, with that music playing in the background. I was intrigued even by just the album cover and the band name, so when you sent it to me, this was news to me. This mm, this artist yeah. existed. I got a story on Dead that. Dead Tongues too. with a really cool kind of um, I don't know how to describe the album cover, but it just kind of invites you to want to listen. Yeah, so I don't know exactly where, but he he grew up somewhere in the mountains, some small town, I, b- I believe, in North Carolina. But he he mentioned that almost everybody where he grew up could speak in tongues. I, I don't know something about the 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 religious influence or or um, oh, interesting the people there that kind of rubbed off on each other but he said that was one thing that he always thought of when he was a kid was that he could never get to that place where he was speaking in tongues but everybody else could and uh, so wow. he came up with this idea the dead tongues and he was like I thought it sounded pretty cool too so I just went with it <laughs> that's cool I had I yeah. had similar feelings I didn't grow up with around a bunch of people that did that but we've talked a little bit about my religious upbringing and eventual kind of path from religion. But that was one of the things that I always found challenging is I'd I'd have friends that 
could do that or supposedly could do that. And I always found it frustrating that it wasn't something that was happening to me if it was supposed to. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that was kind of his experience go, too, I think. Yeah, it makes me want to listen and, and read more about him as well. I wanted to mention too, we talked about these little connecting breadcrumbs between albums, between artists, between generations. And we had just got done doing the Mandolin Orange, now Watch House deep dive of their 2015 release. And lead singer of that band, Andrew Marlin, is playing, wouldn't you know it, Mandolin on one of these songs, the track Through the Glass. Right, yeah, that's one of my favorite tracks on the album, too. And I didn't know that until you told me. So that's pretty cool. And it makes sense because Andrew's North Carolina-based artist as well. And, uh, you know, I imagine Ryan Gustafson has most of his connections within the state uh, since he hasn't become nationally known uh, to the point of going on some major tour yeah and since i put that ambient descriptor to this one it reminded me of maybe the most famous ambient artist brian eno has a quote that says he makes music that doesn't demand your attention but rewards it Mm. i felt like that described this album very well yeah i mean there's there's enough there that you can't ignore it you have to pay attention to some degree but you can also let it sort of drift in and out um, you know, as, right. you, as you're listening, and, over you. yeah, and then you can kind of zone back in, or 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 if you do drift out, there's there's parts of it that are going to pull you back in. I think "Dust" was my favorite track as well. I'm glad that that's the one that you picked, but whole album's great, so I would definitely encourage you listening to check this one out. Yeah, there was this section of the album that that was really phenomenal. Uh, all three of my favorite tracks. Well, actually, I, t- I take that back. I had four tracks that I that I highlighted, but I, I think if I had to pick three, uh, it would be Dust and then the one that follows it, Garden Song and, and Through the Glass. So tracks two, three, and four. And and the opening track, track one, is is uh, pretty great as well. I was going to say, yeah, that yeah, might have I mean, been my second favorite. Yeah, there's there's the second half of, of track one that, that basically just feels like a jam band at a live concert that just opens up and, and plays for a few minutes. So you know, you have to get through that section. I mean, not, not that it's uh, not enjoyable. It's, it's incredible instrumental, but, but, it, you know, if you get into that jam session and, and you, you make it through that, then by track two, that's when we lead into dust, which feels like the, the standout track. And then garden song is close behind that. And then, and then through the glass, that's the one that, that Marlon plays on, I believe. That's right. So that, I mean, that section right there is incredible. So by that point, you've made it through those first four tracks. You're like, wow, this is already a phenomenal album. And, and it doesn't really slow down from there either. I think uh, yeah. the remainder of the tracks are good too. And there, there's only nine songs on the whole album. It's only 41 minutes and 33 seconds long. So it's not a not a long album, but it's one that I can play on repeat and, and not get bored. I mean, at least I haven't yet. Awesome. All right. What do you got next? Well, let's see. I'm going to go from a band that's been around a long time in Spoon to one that is pretty much brand new. And if the album you just got done talking about is one that maybe doesn't demand your attention, this one definitely does. Hailing from the Isle of Wight in England, the newest band on My Five officially started in 2019. Longtime friends Rain Teasdale and Hester Chambers were playing with combinations of emoji characters in text until they settled on a pair that they liked, and the band Wet Leg suddenly had a name. 
Their debut self-titled album has been described as Britpop, New Wave, and Bubblegum Grunge, among other descriptors. If in today's generation the phrase living in the moment is applied to both mindfulness meditation and hashtag YOLO in equal (laughs) measure, Wet Leg serves the listener a heaping silver spoonful of the latter. No more clearly is that depicted than with their punchy single Chase Lounge. After all, it was written in a single day by Teasdale, as she sat on an actual chase lounge, of course. The album is instantly catchy and packed with tongue-in-cheek euphemisms delivered with a flat, dismissive affect. After spending 37 minutes over the course of 12 songs with Wet Leg several times through this album, I'm still not clear if I'm sitting with them at their table looking down my nose at the freaks, or if I'm the one being ostracized. The disorientation that ensues from trying to figure it out isn't easy to describe, but if your muffin has already been buttered by this band, you know exactly what I mean. If it hasn't, well, I will assign Wet Leg to do just that. This is Chase Lounge on Wet Leg's self-titled debut. was a lot of fun i was kind of in awe or you know like surprised i guess pleasantly surprised taken aback by the sounds and um the playful lyrics and uh just kind of the the rebellious um teenage uh nature of it a lot of sexual references but kind of like in a fun not so overt uh way and not really hidden either like it's just pretty obvious but it's i I don't know it's just done in a kind of a, a unique way yeah i guess provocative yeah, is the word yeah, that comes to sure. mind there it's definitely provoking but, but uh, kind of like or from a from a source that doesn't really know like how to be provocative you know it's it's or like the first time they've done it maybe there's this innocent element to it um yeah. as well kind of like a, a rawness we see a lot of that off and on throughout the album which is fun you know as a listener that just kind of makes you makes you smirk and um just chuckle every now and then which is cool pretty alive it's intense uh at times you know it's it's fast paced but then there's also this section uh that i wanted to highlight toward the middle of the album uh with the tracks convincing and loving you that that kind of feels like a a needed break in the action almost like the ballad section you know definitely takes you for a ride and it's a fun listen 
Yeah, I I like that you mentioned that middle section because as much as I was really interested in this band for just those songs that make you like you said, smirk. In fact, I'm watching you describe them with a smirk on your face because that's what it does. I mean, that's that's why this album made my top five is I'm, I couldn't help smiling as I'm listening to it. But that middle section does maybe give you a little glimpse that this band is not just a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. I think the next yeah, album yeah. you get may still have some of these elements. I hope it does because I would love to continue smirking as I push play the next time they put one out. But I think there's more hidden, you know, they're a brand new band. And so I think there's more coming out um, perhaps in the future that might mm-hmm. expand on what they've started, but um, such a unique sound to begin with that if they continue these kind of things going forward, I will not be disappointed either. But um, I was taken by that section thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah. To elaborate on that that smirk uh, that will definitely come out uh, listening to this album, I think it's almost, for me, it, it's like thinking back to when I was 13, 14, stumbling upon either music or or a TV show or a movie or something where I almost felt like I was getting away with with something or, you know, like I wouldn't necessarily be ashamed of it, but I'd kind of hide it from my parents, like walking in on me, uh, listening (laughs) to it or seeing it, you know, but but as an adult listening to this music, it's more like, wow, this is this is like a crafty way of talking about some things that like I almost want to share it with adults, you know, um, depending on the the audience and the listener and the age and maturity level, I think it would be uh, consumed in a different way. I'm smiling a little bit right now because I'm imagining like listening to this when I was in junior high or something and having my parents yeah. find it. And it's just that, it'd be that awkward conversation of like, do they want to bring up that it's a sexual reference just in case I don't know that it right, is already? Yeah, yeah. Or like, does he actually know what they're me, talking about? It's like, or do I, they just let it go and I get to kind of yeah. go, phew, they're, they're too afraid right, to yeah, yeah. have that conversation they don't with me. Think so I, know. I get to continue yeah. listening, knowing full well what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah. It's like you would try to hold back blushing because if you did, like that would be that would be admitting that you know like it's something kind of kind of borderline <laughs> racy you know but you exactly. want to like try to be innocent and naive yeah for sure i'll yeah. ma- make them have the the uh, difficult conversation yeah i would i would love to see these people uh, perform live as as a side note i think it'd be yeah yeah my sister got to see them live actually oh really cool yeah i i hadn't told you that yet no. and she said they were really good and i didn't know who they were before she saw them and it wasn't too long after that I started listening. So as I was compiling a list of albums I thought make, might make my top five at the end here, I threw this out and didn't expect necessarily that it would stick, considering it was early enough in the year, but it definitely did. So yeah, she said it was a great great show. All right, we're on to your second, Shane. What do you got for us? All right, this next band, Jamestown Revival, is a southern country Americana folk, blues, and western rock band from Magnolia, Texas that's always kind of been defined by lyrically moving tracks, very close and connected harmonies, and a rich vocal sound created by two men you would be shocked to find out are not brothers. Zach Chance and Jonathan Clay have a rare ability to play off each other and be in sync with their music in a way that feels like they've been doing it since birth. They set out to record their latest and fourth studio album titled Young Man in Clay's family barn in Texas, but something didn't quite feel right during the recording process. So they took a step back, decided to re-record all the songs, 
and take a little different approach. One of the things they talked about was wanting to focus on the vocals and capture that intimate feeling people get when they see the two perform live. Uh, to make this happen, they first put down the electric guitars and played everything acoustic. And they also decided that they would track everything live and not go back after the fact and add anything so that it would have that, that raw feel. This led to a brilliant collection of songs about wisdom and perspective gained through life experiences, reflections on past success and failure, and the importance of being present in the moment to enjoy all the good things in life. Next time you're gathered with friends around the campfire or taking a nice slow drive through the mountains, give a listen to the title track, Young Man, a song about losing sight of the person you used to be. I walked back down the river bend road, gathered up a couple good stones. Down to the water went looking for a load, wasn't very far from home. I saw my face at the water's edge, a man with a heavy heart. But every now and then he feels so close, but every now and then so far. Tell me, where did the young man go, the one in the water that I used to know? When did he lose that fine and it just go, did it just go tired? Yeah, so in contrast to Dead Tongues, the first one that you mentioned, when you revealed Jamestown Revival as one of your picks, I had heard of them, I'm pretty sure, and I'm not sure why. Maybe, do they have a song that you think I might know off of? I know their album Utah is one that got a little bit more notoriety, I believe, or got them kind of on the map. Are, are there songs on there that I might have heard? Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because I had the same feeling when I saw this album pop up. It, it, I think it was released in January. So it was uh, one of the first new albums that I listened to this year that, that made its way onto my list of albums that we should review this year. And unfortunately, uh, we didn't get to it. But when I first saw that come across, I, I thought this is a band I know. I've, I've heard their songs. I know they've showed up on playlists before, but I didn't really know an album. And I'm not sure if they have a, a classic song that, that a lot of people know. Yeah, I wonder if it's just that they have a name that makes it seem like it or something, but I, I certainly, when I saw this as one of your picks, thought, oh, I know them, I think, and just then I'm not positive. I have to go back and, and listen more to find out. But your description was really good of them. Knowing that they were childhood friends, you mentioned it almost sounds like they could be related or something. I guess it's about as close as it could be, knowing that they've been friends since, I think, their teens. I mean, it's all about those harmonies, right? This That's what makes this album so great. And I think that's what they recognized and what it sounds like made them scrap what they had recorded up to that point before eventually getting this album the way they wanted it was to highlight the, the harmonies and those voices and, you know, strip down some of the electrical guitar and things like that. I think that's what the draw is to this album, is those voices blending together so well. I'm glad they recognized that and decided to go that direction with this album. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they continue to go that way, if that's their, their new sound, or if they'll revisit some of the music they've put out in the past. But I definitely really enjoyed this one, too. It did feel close. It felt it felt like you, know, you were in some kind of intimate setting, whether that be a, a small music venue or sitting around the fire, listening to people play on acoustic guitar, singing back and forth effortlessly. Yeah, I read that nature and, and simplicity were as much influencers to their sound as Willie Nelson and John Prine are. So oh, wow. it sounds like they are kind of just 
dialing into what makes them unique with this album. Yeah, there was also a, a nod to Neil Young uh, with the last track on the on this mm, album. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you read about that, but they thought about doing the second track that I highlighted, Young Man, the, the title track as a reprise uh, at the end, but then they decided to include a, a, a different uh, song that related to it titled Old Man Looking Back. It's not the last song on the album, it's the second to last. Oh, okay, Old Man Looking mm-hmm. Back, yeah. But uh, that in a way was supposed to be a nod to uh, Neil Young uh, with his song Old Man. Old Man, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and, and they, they'll be the first to ad- admit that there's a Neil Young influence um, that's pretty obvious on, on almost all of their albums. Uh, he finds mm-hmm. his way into a lot of their songs, so I know he's been a, a big influence as well. And then you, you mentioned John Prine. Uh, and, and who was the other one? Willie Nelson is the other one that I saw listed, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so you really see a blend of those artists with their Americana folk style that also includes a lot of country elements and um, Western uh, influence. For sure. Okay, let us hear your next pick. All right, for my third pick, this next artist is one I've been trying to get on the show actually for quite a while since we started If you follow us long enough, you will eventually hear us break down her 2018 album, Transangelic Exodus, which has become one of my favorites in the last decade. Enter 2022 and All of Us Flames, which ended up being the last of a trilogy of albums for Chicago-based musician Ezra Furman. The album is all about identity, and for Ezra, it's about her Jewish religious roots and about coming out as a trans woman in April of 2021. But as specific as those aspects of her identity may seem to her story, Ezra invites all of us into universal themes of nostalgia, solidarity, and hope. Musically, no genre is off the table for Ezra, drawing influence from Roots Americana, Baroque pop, and as always, her gritty punk accents. Often pieced together within a single song like a lo-fi Frankenstein, Ezra can sing with a vulnerable crooning and in an instant switch into saturated growls more gracefully than you can imagine such a transition. These songs often feel as if they are pushing the limits of an old analog tape recorder, as if they're more than the music can contain, as if they might just burst at the seams. I wonder if Ezra felt at times she just might do the same as she wrote them. The song I'd like to play for you highlights all of these things so well. This is Forever in Sunset off of Ezra Furman's All of Us Flames. I told you on the phone, I told you I was trouble man. When we were both alone, I told you I was trouble man. You got into my car, I don't care what you are, is what you Turned onto the wrong and binding road. 
Another good pick. I really enjoyed this album as well. And Ezra is an artist that I did know about, thanks to you and uh, having introduced me to her, uh, I believe last year, was it, when we were thinking about doing a new album? Or maybe it was an old album? Were we planning to do one it of would have old been albums? an old one she didn't have a yeah, new that's one right, last yeah. year um i think you were you were talking about doing it, an album because uh as you mentioned uh you've been trying to get her on the show and i think we were we were close to doing one and then uh schedules didn't yeah we up, talked a little bit with her she went to college with my sister yeah that's right so have a little mm-hmm. bit of a connection there yeah uh, but yeah that 2818 album transangelic exodus is like I said, one of my probably favorite albums in the last decade, and one of one of these days we'll have to do that one. I think that's the one you you had uh, recommended. I I start listening to, and in, in case we did, yeah, I'm sure maybe it you was. sent me some other stuff too. Uh, I know you yeah. sent me some some videos uh, where she was performing with the band uh, over the years, and my my initial impression on the music is that it was very high pace, lively kind of dance type music in a way with a lot of pop elements but also like a different kind of flair to it i guess you could say but in contrast to the music you introduced me to with some of the older stuff it it seems it seems deeper uh lyrically and maybe i'm not sure a little more mature songs that are driven more by the lyrics and the story than the music itself but there were also some tracks where she reconnected to some of the the earlier roots of her music and uh, tapped into that as well so it it had a, a good variety. Yeah, this album does have quite a variety. I think this one, the reason I was drawn to it is it's probably the most similar to that 2018 album that I liked so much. She's definitely done some albums that really would fall just into like punk rock music. Mm-hmm. Um, so she can go a lot of different ways. And I, I felt like this one pulled together quite a few of those things. But so does that 2018 one as well. I, I didn't know until doing some reading that this was kind of the end of a trilogy with that 2018 one being the beginning of it and now I can kind of connect those and the one between it as three and does tell kind of a story of what Ezra's been through and her specific journey getting to this point mm-hmm. um, but again it's just despite that being so specific there's so many universal elements that no matter who you are you can listen to and connect with this album and just so talented um, musically in what she can bring to the table that I couldn't leave this one off. As much as I want to jump back in and talk about 2018s, I, I think this one deserved a mention here in 2022 as well. Well, I hope we can get her on the show someday to review that 2018 album because that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I bet we can. We'll, we'll keep uh, reaching out, and um, that would be really fun to connect on that one. All right, passing the ball back to you. Hit me up, Shane. What's next? Okay, next we have a band that also hails from Chicago. Nice. It was formed in 2015. It's a three-piece indie rock post-punk garage band by the name of Dead, spelled D-E-H-D. It consists of Emily Kempf, Jason Bala, and Eric McGrady, all three who are currently in their 30s. In 2020... They released their breakthrough album titled Flower of Devotion and earned the title of Best New Music from Pitchfork magazine. The band's sound can be characterized by reverb-heavy guitar, blunt drumming, and the use of idiosyncratic vocals. 
Kempf is their driving force behind the fiery music on most tracks, but the other members grab the mic and sing lead on a number of songs as well, which changes up the sound entirely and provides a diverse listening experience for the audience. The band's latest release, Blue Skies, builds on their discography without deviating much from their latest album, with more fun, youthful, and highly entertaining songs with catchy lyrics that will have you smiling and singing along in a playful manner in no time. I'll leave you with a clip from the song Stars, and you'll quickly see exactly what I'm talking about. Stars above, I get too much, my heart ain't strong. Getting up on me, I can't keep up, my heart ain't strong enough. This is one of my favorite ones from the year uh, as a whole, I think. You had shared this with me early on, and I hadn't got a chance to listen until you officially made it one of your picks for the end of the year. And this one really surprised me. I think it stands in stark contrast to the rest of your picks. Then when you mentioned their breakout album prior to this one, I think you said this is their second. I went back and looked at that one. And I remember that album, at least by title and cover, as being one from 2020 that would have been fun for us to jump into. So I'm really glad we got to revisit them. To try to describe the diversity of sounds on this album, they are self-proclaimed as being influenced by Dolly Parton and Cocteau Twins, just to paint that picture of their uniqueness. I don't know what other band could possibly list those two as primary influences. I don't know if I can exactly connect the dots back to both of them, but um, at least paints a picture of, of how difficult it is to pigeonhole this band into a particular sound. Yeah, I think this band is, you know, the epitome of a, a genreless band or like a great example right. of, of how music nowadays blends so many different influences. I think you you may have recognized the the cover uh, to 2020 or, or remember Flower of Devotion because I, I shared that with you back then. Or maybe, maybe you discovered ah, it yourself. Okay, okay. But yeah, that's probably true. It's probably on our Instagram as one of our... Albums it to check it out might be, and yeah. and I discovered this band from uh, uh, another friend who who recommended a, a specific track uh, from that 2020 album. I don't know if I was planning on doing it for a deep dive, or or um, you know simply wanting to keep note of the band and and follow them going forward. Um, 
I haven't gone back and listened to that one to, to determine which album I like better, but it, it would be difficult to, to trump this album. This is actually their fourth uh, album, but oh, the, the 2021 okay. was kind of their, their breakthrough that got them a little more popularity. They had a, a self-titled album in, in 2016 and then another one in 2019 uh, titled Water. Um, I haven't listened to any tracks off of those. You know, that song that my friend shared was was really good, and and then I just thought they were a, a unique band. And I knew this would be probably the favorite album uh, of yours um, from my best of. If I if I had to pick, I think this is the last one I shared with you as well because I was I was debating between including this album on the list or a, another one by Alt J uh, that I think you said you were hoping would be my last pick. So we were revealing them one at a time. Mm-hmm. And I know you, you said you were hoping that I was going to include one that I had recommended or shared with you earlier that you really liked. And I wasn't sure which one that was. And, and I really wanted to include that Alt-J album because it was it was fantastic also. But this was so u- unique and it was a, a band that was not a household name, one that I wasn't too familiar with. And I didn't think you were either. And it was also one that I listened to and I was like, you know, I'm really digging this, but I think Trevor will really like this album just because of the the diversity of, of sounds, genres, the the back and forth. There's there's so many elements about this that I, I think it's not common to see. I mean, there's not like a band you could compare to these guys. And I, uh, I think, you know, aside from having certain musical tastes, one thing that I know gets you really excited as a, a listener and, and uh, somebody who seeks new music is something that um, exposes you to something different or new. You know, like I think you've been yeah. listening to music for so long and you've uh, explored so many different bands and different genres that, you know, maybe maybe it's a little bit more difficult to impress you because of the fact that you have so much exposure. So so when there's a band like this where, you know, like you're, you're raising your eyebrows a, a couple times and you're caught off guard and you think it's going left and it actually goes right. And, you know, I think that's the kind of stuff that, that really, you know, makes you feel the music. And this was one that it was doing that to me left and right. So I'm like, oh yeah, Trevor's going to love this one. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of a tightrope walk, I guess. And maybe that's why I get impressed by it because it can't just go left when I think it's going to go right. There has to still be some, you know, some sort of craft behind it that I kind of understand or that I can appreciate and not just feel like it's something that's completely off the rails. And it's really hard to define. I, I, I can't tell you what it is. I have to hear it. And Dead has it, whatever whatever that is. Like I said, the only thing I could really think of in terms of trying to connect to anything I had heard in the past, there's a little little bit of maybe Animal Collective. I texted you that I heard some of the cars in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I had to put it into something a little bit more well-known. And then maybe even you know Velvet Underground. Mm. But none of those things completely encapsulate it. I think one of the things I liked so well about this album is they do go back and forth between changing lead singers, but somehow they they balance that so that it still feels like it's just a group of friends up on stage and you kind of feel like they're just changing positions and you still feel like their energy is present individually as well. Yeah, totally. That I mean, gave it that cohesiveness. They're having so much fun. It, 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 yeah. it sounds yeah. like, you know, like they're kind of experimenting and, and playing around with sounds. And, you know, in, in a way, it it almost feels improvised at times, you know, where, yeah. where they're kind of pushing the boundaries, but also staying within, you know, the walls of, of a, a certain sound that, that, like we've mentioned, is kind of difficult to describe. 
and that that youthfulness to the the sound I, I think is why when I saw that they were all in their 30s I think I think they range from 32 or 33 up until like 38 or 39 so they're all they're all in their 30s and um, that's normally not something that uh, you would really highlight as being relevant but uh, when I listen to them there's a lot of maturity in the complexity of the music but when they perform there's there's a a youthfulness to it where it almost sounds like teenagers playing around in their garage having a good time after school not really taking things too seriously uh which i think there's something unique about that for a for a band to be able to throw together a bunch of random sounds and and music and songs where they're they're taking turns singing lead and make it feel cohesive yet maintain that that playful, you know, fun-loving nature to it, like without it coming off cheesy or 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 weak or something like that. I mean, there, there's this professional quality to it, but it also it's almost like they're intentionally making it lighthearted and fun at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it's some sort of like intentionally messy in a way, and, mm-hmm. and I'm glad you mentioned the yeah. age too because I, it's like I organized didn't look chaos, into that. right? <laughs> organized chaos is a good description. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, and I didn't know how old they were until you just read that little intro. I, I also would have imagined them being, I was thinking they were 20-somethings or something. So mm-hmm. um, interesting just to, to know that backstory. Yeah, it was definitely a a cool find uh, for me and, you know, not one that I found myself either. It was, um, you know, by, by way of being connected to other uh, like-minded people with good taste in music that... Um, this band uh, made its way into my life, and it's one that I, I plan to go back and revisit that 2020 album and and their first couple as well, and look forward to them releasing something in the future. For sure, I I did like Stars. I think that was a great song. But what was your favorite? My favorite two, my favorite two songs I think were Bad Love and Clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you texted me that with like seven exclamation points. That that yeah. was one of those moments where you're caught off guard because it's really chill. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, in your face. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kind of intense. Good album for sure. Yeah. A lot of fun. All right. Next up for you, what you got? All right. My next one is also a band that's been around a while and it was impossible for me to not be intrigued by the Mars Volta when they broke onto the scene in 2003 both for their unique prog rock sound and because members Omar Rodriguez Lopez and Cedric Bixler Zavala were part of the post-hardcore band At The Drive-In that I was listening to so much throughout high school. Nothing that Omar and Cedric have ever had their hands in has sounded conventional. At The Drive-In's unpolished and manic expression of emotion contrasted starkly the layered and lush production in Mars Volta's first six albums that were full of time signature changes and unpredictable start-and-stop progressions. This year, after a decade-long hiatus that included a falling out between Rodriguez Lopez and Bixer Zavala, as well as the latter's disillusionment and ultimately exit from the Church of Scientology, The Mars Volta reformed secretly in 2019 and released their self-titled seventh studio album this year in 2022. The choice to simply self-title this release was a deliberate cleaning of the slate for a band putting both their interpersonal and spiritual struggles behind them and choosing to break free from their prior sound to embrace more pop elements. The album also features Latin and Caribbean beats and lyrics sung in both English and Spanish throughout these 14 tracks. 
Longtime fans of the band may need to listen a few times to assimilate their image of the band with the music coming from their speakers. But that's the very same path that most of us had to take to embrace them when they burst onto the scene in the first place now 20 years ago. The song I'd like to play for you, fittingly surrounding this band's story over the past decade, is about mourning what could have been, acknowledging mistakes made, and all the ways our lives fall in and out of place. From the Mars Volta's self-titled seventh studio album, this is Vigil. Might have been the most unique pick on on your list of five. First listen through, I I, I was into a, a few of the tracks, and I, I thought it was cool that they they mixed in that Spanish in there some, and there were those Caribbean elements uh, that you mentioned that I that I uh, had described as sort of a, a trippy jazz feel to it. So I, I was definitely intrigued, but I can't remember exactly uh, what I was doing the first time listening through. I know I know I was busy. Uh, I was cleaning house or doing some kind of chore and there were there were times that I was like man this is this is kind of difficult you know to to fully uh digest there were definitely some times that I wanted to skip or turn the volume down or um it was troubling me for whatever reason I mentioned that to you and I I think I think you you agreed that it was maybe the least accessible um that it takes a little bit more time and it's something that grows on you and you know because you had mentioned that I decided to go back and give it a second and third listen and I think I I think the second time I, I listened to it um, while I was out hiking or playing disc golf, so I had it on the the speaker in my backpack instead of in my headphones, and um, that space I think helped, or just being in a different place, in a different headspace, allowed me to consume it 
better. I mean, it definitely grew on me. You know, after a few listens, I, I will say that I enjoyed it, but it was definitely one that took some time. That's sort of Mars Volta to a certain extent. I mean, they've kind of had three phases, but as Mars Volta, if I strike out the at the drive-in phase that featured both of those same members before it, I mean, it's like you said, expecting right going left on dead. I mean, they're by definition a prog rock band, and so the music's sort of evolving while you're listening to it. But I picked this album because it does stand in stark contrast, and for reasons that they had mentioned, they decided that they were just going to break free a little bit after seven studio albums finally throw out a self-titled, I think it's fitting after, again, a 10-year-long hiatus in there, that this one does signify a different path. And knowing Mars Volta, they're going to go in another path in the future, but it's kind of what I like about them is that they're always pushing the envelope, and I think they did such a great job. If somebody told me Mars Volta was going to put out more of a pop-influenced album, I would have I guess been surprised on the one hand, but then again, knowing that there's somebody that can always push the envelope, I, I would have said, well, bring it on. Let's see what it sounds like. And and this was it. I'm, I'm right there with you. It took me a little while to listen, but there was enough song. There was a few songs that I connected with right away and I could tell that they were really talented and it's a band that I have liked a long time that I continued listening and I'm really glad I did because mm-hmm. this is one that I think does grow on you with time. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's a very diverse collection of of music. So even if there's a couple tracks that maybe wouldn't connect with somebody or not be their style or type of music that they like to digest, I'm sure there's something on there um, for everybody. But, you know, you have to appreciate what they're doing because it is it is really good music. You know, it just takes a little bit of time to understand it all. It's kind of like a suspenseful movie where there's a couple twists in the end and it's hard to follow and maybe it it leaves you kind of scratching your head when the credits roll but you don't want to walk away from it and just say well you know I I didn't get that and forget about it like you want to go back to the beginning and watch it again and be like there must be something I missed it's definitely good stuff you know did you listen to any of the at the drive-in clips that I sent you I believe so but it's been a while I can't remember I remember I remember thinking, wow, this feels like a different band. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I think you're going to listen to it and go like, how is this what ended up being mm-hmm. Trevor's pick from 2022? It doesn't even sound like the same stuff. Yeah, I mean... I like that a lot too, Yeah, so just different. So adding to what I was saying, kind of my initial impression with this album alone, if you're somebody who knows the band from the past and then they surprise you by going a totally different direction, you almost respect and appreciate that even more you know because it it, right. it adds to what they're able to do you know that says a lot about you know, everything that they can do absolutely all right you're up shane all right next we have a band formed in 2007 by chris henderson after attending the heart school of music at the university of connecticut this band goes by the name bronze radio return they're an indie roots rock band with over a hundred million streams on Spotify. Its music has been featured in nearly a hundred high-profile commercials, movies, and TV shows. And although their name may not ring a bell, I imagine you've probably heard at least one of their songs over the years. The band's name was inspired by an old radio Henderson grew up listening to as a child in his father's art studio in Maine and serves as a juxtaposition of the old and the new. The band members all share a love of old records that came long before them, citing influences of Stevie Wonder, CCR, Muddy Waters, and Tom Petty. 
The songs they grew up listening to have shaped their existence as a band, and you can hear that in their music, highlighting an array of talents and a unifying sound that always creates an upbeat atmosphere. Henderson has been quoted in the past as saying, Ultimately, we want to make people move when they hear our music. Well, that's exactly what happens every time I play their new album, Backburners. Here's a sample with their energetic and inspiring track, Melting in My Icebox. And actually, Shane, before we do that, we were lucky enough to have Patrick from Bronze Radio Return give a little synopsis of this album himself. Hey, Album Divers. Thanks for choosing Backburners as one of your favorite albums of 2022. Putting together that comp was a lot of fun, actually, because it allowed us to deep dive into our catalog and go through some songs that we might not have listened to in a while or maybe not have played live in a long time. And it, for me personally, it put me back into a fun place thinking about where all those songs were recorded, um, you know, where I was in my life. And just, it was really fun to kind of go back through and put that list together. And Melting in My Icebox is one of those standouts for me because it tells such a cool message and how moments are fleeting. And also it's one of my favorite songs to play live because that's our call and response part of the set and watching the emotion of people sing it back to you and launch into the parts. It's just so, so fun and such an uplifting part of the set. Thanks again, guys. Happy New Year. radio return any favorite tracks i liked wolves i think was my favorite oh yeah that's a good one it reminded me of lumineers uh the sound of it the guy's voice sounded a little bit like it i can see the comparison this is one that took me a while to find because uh 
I still maintain that this band should be called Backburners, which is an awesome band name. And Bronze Radio Return could be the name of the album. Not a bad band name in itself, but I just think Backburners is an awesome band name. And then the way they did the album, they really highlight the title there, that Backburner. So I, I just thought that was the artist. I remember texting you going, man, you're really digging deep here because I can't even find this on any of my streaming platforms here. And then I finally figured out what the problem was. <laughs> you were looking for a band named Backburners, so it's not taken. I was, we, can, uh, we can use it, huh? That, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll start our own. When did you uh, listen to this one? Do you remember where you were, what you were doing? I think I was walking the dog when I first listened to this one. Okay. Sometimes yeah. um, when I get home from work, if Bowie hasn't had a walk yet, I'm doing it in the dark. So I remember going up a hill with some headphones on. I thought it was a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of energy. You know, it had, had me smiling and singing along. There, there were some some standout tracks too with, with some good lyrics but overall I, I i think i picked this one because it was a f- it was a fun listening experience not one that i was really getting deep into the words or moved to to really be introspective or, or think analytically or, or you know very deeply but um i enjoyed listening to it and, and i wanted to keep playing it for that that enjoyment of the sound i mean with that said though there were some lyrics that that spoke to me as well, and, and uh, some things that did make me think some, but this was more of a, a fun listening experience than anything. That's why it made my list. Yeah, it's good to have albums like that in your arsenal for sure. And Was this your entry point to this band? I think so. I was about to say, I I don't even know how I discovered them. Yeah. It could, it could have been one of those Spotify recommendations. Maybe that's how I came upon this. I don't remember anybody else recommending it, and I don't think I've heard any of their stuff in the past. So yes, I think it was my entry point. Yeah, uh, but I don't know why. But you said they feature their music a lot in shows, and like it's one of those things that maybe you've heard without realizing it. Is that right? right? That's that's one of the themes that kept coming up, and I didn't go back to explore those. But some some high profile brands like Coca Cola, there was a a car company on there. I believe it was Nissan. I think Starbucks, Olive Garden, mentioned they were on a on a commercial advertising a, a major PGA Tour event and also uh, something to do with with the world cup so i don't know if they've set out to make a bunch of music that that would be good for for commercial usage or for movies and shows or if they had a song that that really took off and then all those people in that space in that world of of marketing for those big brands and uh maybe producers for for movies and tv shows got this band's name kind of on their list as group to explore when you need something or, um, you know, how that all came about. But every, everything I read on them made a point to, to really highlight the fact that although they're not a household name, they have over 100 million streams on Spotify uh, over the years. I think they received an award from Pandora. So they're, they're known uh, within that indie rock uh, space, although they haven't become a a popular band and then to list off all of those shows and movies commercials you know that they've been a part of that their music has been featured in I don't, I don't know if that's super common of a band that's not popular or mainstream uh to have that much success you know in that space yeah interesting in 2022 here that there's all these different ways for music to get out there and a testament to the great songwriting of this band if in fact this is leftover songs from prior albums that it still was enough to catch your attention as a 
standalone album that made your top five as well. Yeah, it, it was unique enough and, and struck a chord that I had to I had to put it on the list. You know, for, for part because I want I want diversity in the the five albums that I choose uh, to highlight at the end of the year, and and also I think I'm I'm more inclined to highlight a band that's not quite as popular or mainstream uh, to put them out there a little bit. And yeah, and this is one I, I do want to go back and listen to some of their other albums, starting with the two released uh, last year in 2021, Burners and, and Chillers, and uh, see if there's any connection between the three because they all have the same album cover or basically the same theme. It's uh, a series of, of shapes stacked on top of each other, almost like odd-shaped uh, overlapping puzzle pieces or, or something. And Burners is orange and, and red and yellow. Chillers is blue, uh, you know, which makes sense. And then this one here, Backburners, is is green, a um, couple sh- different shades of green. But they all have the album title uh, featured in larger letters, and then the band name Bronze Radio Return is in a lot smaller print to the point that you, you can't even really read it unless you zoom in. So it's almost like they wanted to to put that collection of albums together and not have their name uh, as a band be featured for some reason. Awesome. I'm glad that you found this one. Again, one that I probably would have never discovered had you not picked it i'll have to go back and uh see if we can find some of the commercials movies tv shows that some of their songs were featured on and see if we have one of those aha moments where we realized that we had heard it yeah the that's the band right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. oh and, and uh, as a, another note uh, before we move on here i heard they're incredible live mm. almost everybody who goes to see one of their shows even if they got dragged there by a friend walks away saying i'm a i'm a huge fan of that band Sometimes it takes seeing a band live to really get what they're all about. Yeah, I've always said that, that you shouldn't really judge a band, whether you like them or not, until you see them live. That's a good way to say it. Mm -hmm. Well, we're down to uh, one last pick for each of us. Round it out here with your your fifth. All right. Well, the last album on my list comes from singer-songwriter Angel Olsen in the form of her sixth release titled Big Time. Olsen's music has been described as art pop, indie folk, and alternative country. Leading up to the release of this album, Olsen came out as queer and lost both her parents. Olsen herself describes this album as being the work of a person irreversibly changed. Though her life circumstances leading up to the release of Big Time aren't laid bare in the lyrics, time itself is interwoven within these songs. Time that expands and contracts around a season or a moment, time that is savored and time that is stolen from her, time that she finds herself and loses herself in. The lead-off track to this album wrestles with the duality of a memory playing like a loop in her mind and tying that experience of time to one that she currently finds herself. This is All the Good Times. Now it's impossible to conceive I don't know who can see If you've ever learned how to let Someone in Well, I've tried to come find you But I just don't know where to begin If you've ever been open There's no way of knowing With the way that knowing Spoken 
Would it bring us together She has that old, classy sound to her voice. I can't think of who it is, but I feel like if I heard that song or when I hear that person sing a year down the road or something, I'm going to look back and say, that's it. That's who Angel reminds me of. But I, I, can't, I can't think of it right now. I keep thinking like June Carter, Loretta Lynn times, but I don't know that that really captures the vocal stylings, but it certainly harkens back to that time anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, for a... A modern day comparison as I was going through the album, I kept I kept thinking of Lana Del Rey. I, I think there's parts where... She has that same smoothness, yeah, and we always talked about her when we did our deep dive of that album. Mellow, alto sound. Yeah, that she, um, she certainly is drawing on influences from that era, and for Lana, that's always been a real big inspiration for her, that kind of 50s, 60s era. Yeah, that's true. When I selected this one, I, I kind of thought maybe this one would grab you it just seemed like something maybe just like you were mentioning dead you thought might be something that i would like and you were right i I sort of thought i think shane's gonna be interested in this one how close was i yeah definitely right up my alley uh with the kind of music that i I typically gravitate towards i'm a a sucker for a good female singer songwriter especially uh, a good alto you know that can hit some of those low notes and uh have that real soothing voice so I enjoyed her music. I don't know if you remember, I sent you uh, a photo recently of uh, a sunset where the, the sky was kind of reddish-orange. Um, I can't remember if there was a disc golf basket in the picture or not, but I was out of the lake playing, and, and I was listening to this album. You remember when I sent you that photo? I do, yeah, yeah. When I when I turned around and, and saw the sun setting, I was on this album and, and the track Chasing the Sun uh, happened to be playing. I can't remember. Is that the last one on the album? 
Chasing the Sun is the last song okay. yeah, on track 10. Yeah, so I was out there at sunset literally chasing the sun. I think I had seven or eight holes left to play and not much not much daylight left to get through. And, and then the lyrics to this song uh, came across, and I thought that was a really cool moment somehow. The forces aligning and, you know, stamping that memory a little more definitively. I appreciate it. Any Anytime uh, music is speaking to you and you let me know especially if it's something we're talking about on the podcast i always appreciate it and i i certainly remember that uh another track from this album that stood out to me was the title track big time Uh, i don't remember how the words go exactly but uh, there was something about needing the mountains and needing a good cup of coffee and and that i can't wait or something like that and i was thinking oh yeah definitely that that's me I'd, i'd love to be in a cabin in the mountains right now, sipping some coffee around the fire, uh, listening to this kind of music. Yeah, that's right. Pulling back the curtains, show me the sunshine, eating coffee and eating nature. That, that sounds like Shane. To me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think that was one of the first tracks on the album. So that drew me in right away and had my attention. Yeah, that's number two. And I can see how that might be something that interests you. And then, of course, you know me and the slide guitar. That's always going to get mm-hmm. me. And there's yeah, plenty oh yeah. of that on this album. Angel Olsen has been an artist that's been around for a little while, and she's certainly made waves with every album she's put out. And this one is just the next level, I think. Got her more attention, certainly got me to listen more deeply to her lyrics. She's been on my radar for a while, but with all the discussion around this one, I figured it was time for me to dive a little deeper, and I'm glad I did. She's one I've never never heard before. Uh, I'm looking at the popular songs on, on Spotify right now to see if there's anything that stood out but i don't think i've come across her in the past yeah she had an album in 2016 called my woman that is probably the one that i think got her the most attention she's released some albums since then but i think my woman and then big time are the ones that um sort of put her on the map but you know listening back to some of her other music a lot of it does sound different um but you can tell she's talented no matter which album you're pushing play on we move from one talented female artist to another female lead singer of a band that you've selected for your last album, Shane. Yeah, that's right. And, and this is one that uh, you know I, I mentioned earlier that we didn't have any overlaps this year in album picks, but I think this is one that you said you didn't pick because you knew that I would pick it based, based on how I had talked about it, how, how I said it was such a good album, and, and one that I think I said we should probably do as a deep dive. So perhaps this would have made your your top five as well. Uh, but, but you let me have it. So I appreciate that because this is one that <laughs> I, I really, really enjoyed. I can't remember where this came out, but uh, I know I listened to it the day or the, the next day uh, because Big Thief is a, a band that, that I've been following for a little while. I mean, I've, I've known about them. They've been on my radar. I've listened to a lot of, a lot of their stuff. I haven't really gone through album by album, but it's a band that I that I've always known is really good and that I, I knew I should probably know more. And um, I heard about this upcoming album that everybody was super excited about. So I became that as well. And uh, it definitely lived up to all the hype as one of probably objectively one of the best albums uh, of the year. So our, our last of the 10, um, here we go. Big Thief is an American indie rock alternative band with folk roots based in Brooklyn, New York. The band is comprised of the highly talented Ariane Lenker, whose voice to me sounds like it's straight out of the 70s era. Buck Meek, who is an amazing singer and lyricist in his own right, who has a side note 
released an album in 2021, a solo album that uh, made its way onto my honorable mention uh, list for, for best albums in 2021. Didn't quite crack the top 10, but it was one that, that I pleasantly stumbled upon and didn't even realize at the time uh, that he was part of Big Thief. So that was kind of a pleasant uh, surprise to, to make that connection and find that out. The band is is rounded out by Max Oliarchik on the bass and James Kriashenya on the drums. Lenker and Meek met at a show in Brooklyn in 2013 when they were undergraduates, and the two of them began performing as a duo uh, before adding the other members to complete the band. In a short period of time, they have already received three Grammy nominations with two more pending for their 2022 album. Listening to Big Thief almost feels like story time for adults. With equal parts deep, quirky, and witty lyrics on a wide array of topics, laced with elegantly calm and soothing, yet at the same time intriguing and engaging music, Big Thief keeps you within arm's reach, wanting more and more, and always wondering what they will do next. Since 2016, they have released five studio albums with their latest, Dragon New Warm Mountain, I Believe in You, living up to and exceeding the expectations we have come to place on this band through the years. This double album is a long, 20-song, adventurous ride, and it takes a dedicated amount of time to fully experience it. But I highly suggest you find the space in your busy life to let Big Thief take you on a ride you will never forget. Your journey begins the same place mine did, with track one. The song is titled, Change. Change, like the wind, like the water, like skin. Change, like the sky, like the leaves, like a butterfly. Would you live forever, never die? While everything around passes. Would you smile forever, never cry? Everything you know passes Death Like a door To a place We've never been before Death Like space The deep sea a suitcase Would you stare forever at the sun Never watch the moon rising Would you walk forever in the light To never learn the secret of the quiet night 
Yeah, this is a beautiful album. That is a beautiful song. And as you mentioned, it is certainly one of the ones that would have made my top five had I not been fairly confident that you were going to pick it yourself. So this was sort of a strategic omission on my part, knowing it was going to end up here anyway and that I could maybe focus on a different one of mine. But I'm glad we get to talk about it because it definitely deserves to be here. Yeah, this this is an album that I... I knew almost immediately uh, that I that I was going to love it. I think starting out with a song like "Change," you know, I mean, if if the rest of the album is is average, then you can say it's good uh, because it has you know that that track uh, on there. I mean, usually that's what it takes for you to look back and and classify an album as just being really good. It has to have a few standout tracks, and then it has to have a lot of good tracks and not many fluff tracks and some sort of cohesiveness from start to finish. And this one does that. And I, I think it's even more impressive that it's an hour and 20 minutes long, 20 songs and for them to put all that together. But that's a little bit more of a, a challenge to keep people entertained for that long, because I think the album I started out with by the dead tongues was only 40 minutes in contrast. So half as long. And I mean, it's a, it's a double album, but that's a long time to listen to an album from start to finish. That's why I said, you know, you really have to dedicate some time to it and and be in a space where you're not going to be distracted or tempted to to walk away uh, because it does need your attention for uh, a pretty lengthy uh, period of time. But I, I listened to it straight through um, the first time. And granted, I was on a road trip and I had all the time in the world. So, uh, you know, I wanted to pass the time in. I also wanted to check out the album. So it worked out uh, well for me to really dive into it without many distractions, but it, it kept my attention uh, from start to finish, and I and I immediately said to myself, "This is this is going to be one of the best albums of the year." Um, you know, knowing what what, what critics are are typically uh, moved by, and and um, you know, from from following these these lists over the over the past few years as we do this podcast and look for new music. You know, I, I don't always agree with the music that that makes it up toward the top but i had a, a good feeling that this would be there and like i said i listened to it right away so i didn't know this was a really good album uh, before i listened to it and oh you know, it's one that i'm kind of proud to have discovered first and given it my critique and then to to see that pitchfork rated it 9.0 and i believe it it was rated 88 on on metacritic so very highly uh, regarded and I, I think we've seen it on some top 10 lists for best album of the year and it has the two Grammy nominations already I think the one is for best alternative album of the year so you know this is one that I was happy to 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 know that it's one that was on my list and has also made its way onto you know the rest of the worlds and all the the music critics yeah I think to call this a I don't know how you categorize this or how it's being categorized but I think I see indie folk being thrown out as a descriptor maybe more than any other genre. It really doesn't paint a full picture of who they are. And I think maybe they kind of started out there more conventionally speaking. And it seems like every album they put out, they've just explored further crevices of what that means. And I know that you were talking about how highly regarded this album has been, but they started off real strong with their debut in 2017 getting high accolades, and then it's just crawled upward from there. They they released two albums in 2019, and both of those charted better than their 2017, and, and then this one higher than those 2019 too. So 
It just seems like they're a band that just keeps getting it right and still haven't settled into whatever it is that they might end up being going forward. And maybe they're a band that's just not ever going to do that. And that's what makes them so compelling is they're always changing into that next level, just like that song implies, you know, change. And it seems like a band that's wrestling with that concept in the title of that track and maybe one that as a band has embraced that word as well. And they're putting out music at a, a pretty fast clip to have five yeah. albums in seven years. And you could even almost count this one as two. Right, yeah. Length, so so, so yeah. Call, it, call it six as the band name Big Thief. And then there have been two other albums that have been put out by Lenker and, and Meek, I believe, as a, a, a duet, a project, the two of them, without the, the rest of the band. Wow. And then Meek's solo one, separate from that. Right. right? Yeah, I think so. I, I think that would be separate from the list. I read that the the two of them had put out an album, so technically they have released seven together. And then I think Meek had the one in 2021 20, by himself. And I don't know if that was his first or if he has others. And I'm not sure if she's released some by herself as well. But I, I think they they met at a, at, a, at a young age and both probably had the, the mindset of being solo artists and uh, connected strongly enough that they decided to to form a, a band together and, and start making music. But probably like lots of super groups, uh, if you will, uh, they have some aspirations of, of doing their own stuff. And they're, they're both good lyricists and singers in their own right. And when they sing together or take turns sharing lead, it, it really creates for a nice project. So I'm, I'm glad they're together. And I, I hope they continue to to produce at this pace, you know, not sacrificing quality, but uh, continuing to impress us with their music. Yeah, I'm sure they won't, um, given their track record. And this is one I, I had a difficult time describing their genre or style of music in the write-up, and I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think folk is probably the right term for the music, but it's more than that. It's it's like folk enhanced or some, something feels different than the mainstream. Yeah, there's an experimental element yeah, to it. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah, some some uh, experimental. There's different sounds. They they tap into some different genres on on different tracks in this album. But I think at the the essence of of everything they're doing is that ability to uh, tell a story through song. But it seems like they can they can take any topic and and write about it and sing about it and make it into song. You know, that's a, a testament of of being a good band. Definitely. Well, that about wraps it up. Somehow we made it. 2022 in the books. Any takeaway feelings, sentiments from the year? Um, you know, three to five years down the road, you're going to look back and say 2022 was... I think when we started this podcast, right when the pandemic started, it was easier to historically look at what was going on and draw influence from COVID and some of the political unrest and some of the things that were going on. And I think it's a little harder to do that now, hopefully mostly post-pandemic that we are. That doesn't mean that there isn't one, but I don't think in the moment in the year sometimes you can recognize what this year is going to be marked by like you could the last couple. So this is the first year within our project that I think I can't fully answer that right away. I can answer it personal level. You know, This is definitely a busy year being a dad and with a couple twins on the way and just thinking about, you know, personal goals and things like that. So I think for me, there was a lot more quality over quantity when it came to 
my music choices. I think I was less likely to just put a whole bunch of music on. I, I was a little bit more intentional about which albums I might choose. And I think probably I listened to less music this year than I did the two prior. But I don't think that means that I sacrificed anything in terms of quality when it came down to the last five and, and even my expanded list that I'll make that I always do at the end of each year. I'm just as proud of these finds as I was our last couple of years doing the project. But I think I probably listened to half as much total music. How about you? I was looking back over the five albums that I picked and the songs that stood out. And I see some unifying themes. And I don't, I don't know if I picked up on that as the year was progressing or if maybe that's what I've been seeking and and therefore I've picked it out. But I'm seeing themes of rebirth or new beginnings, uh, change, hope, optimism, reflection on the past, looking forward, you know, trying to live in the moment. I'm seeing all of that pop up as I reflect on, on the five albums that I chose for my best of the rest. I think, you know, if 2020 was a year of being stuck or forced to to stop and pause and and think and reflect on you know where we're at right now and maybe a little bit of where we were and you know what we long for and the next year as in last year 2021 kind of being a a transitional period that maybe didn't stand for much of anything or just kind of a a carry on of 2020 and then maybe an entry point into 2022 th- this past year has kind of felt like maybe we're finally uh, moving on. I mean, I know the, the pandemic is not officially over, but it feels like we're toward the tail end of it. And maybe um, the music is starting to sound that way as well. And uh, we're able to to see our lives in a, in a positive light going forward with, with an optimistic viewpoint and, and allowing the music to speak to us in that way. And maybe some of the artists are coming out of this on the other side as well and, and starting to let that filter into their minds and and ultimately onto the paper and into the into the songs that they create whether that's subconsciously or or intentionally but it does feel a little different i think more of the music i listened to this year was uh less sad and anxious it was it was less uh tight and bottled up and it it felt more more free and open Uh, i'm not i'm not sure what to make of that but that's kind of what's coming to me right now if i if i had to try to put it all together and sum it up yeah that's interesting i guess i can see that in the ones that you picked and it's always fun to try to figure out did did the music come to you or did you do you filter it yourself through kind of how you're feeling and ultimately it doesn't matter that's that's what's been speaking to you that's what's kind of fun about about music but i could certainly see that as a theme for the year and it makes sense that maybe that's how you're feeling as we exit hopefully this this pandemic i mean mean, sometimes i think you know you listen to the right music it can change your mind and it can it can put you in a better place and that that's pretty powerful but sometimes maybe you know we seek out uh where we're at and we look for something to to provide us some sort of comfort or togetherness um, to feel like we're not alone and uh in 2020 i think music helped a lot of people get through it and, and and maybe the stuff going forward now is going to help people be optimistic about everything that lies ahead yeah, that's good insight. I think you might be onto something with that. Well, we're moving on to a new year. This is kind of bittersweet. This was something I was thinking about earlier, and I, I didn't know where to fit it in, but I want to say it before we close this out. You know, there, there's something exciting and, and new and fresh about moving into a, a new year, especially with this project, knowing that 
we now get to explore 2023 albums and we have 365 days to tackle that and listen to new music and formulate this list until we arrive at this day next year. You know, it's it's exciting to go and explore new music, but at the same time, it's kind of bittersweet to me because I feel like there's also this pressure at the end of the year to make sure that I go back and, and didn't miss a, a really good 2022 album or that I gave the albums that I did discover enough of my time and attention to really solidify it into its place in my in my mind uh, so that I do remember it properly or go explore some of the other albums of, of the bands that I discovered this year. So uh, there's there's a little bit of pressure to to complete the the previous year and also excitement to jump into a new year and I kind of get caught uh, in between the two where the past month or two I've been really spending a lot of time listening to my five picks and yours it makes me wonder what else is out there that I missed uh, that I should maybe check out quick uh, before moving on to the next year but nonetheless uh, that altogether means there's tons of music out there and we're never going to run out of new choices to to explore and uh, discover so it's a pretty pretty cool place to be as a a music listener and a fan of of good music yeah we live in a great time I and mean, there, there's things that were great about you know 60s 70s 80s 90s all of those times but to have the amount of music we have at our disposal and artists that can just create it on their own that you're you're going to get a lot of stuff you don't want to listen to and there's going to be a lot more that is amazing as well so anybody that complains about music today just doesn't know where to look for it because there's there's so much so i feel fortunate that we live in a time where we do get that opportunity i couldn't agree more well said well we have one more part to this you know oh that's right you forgot last year too. This this is like the same <laughs> conversation we had at the end last time. It's like oh, deja yeah. vu all over again. It's like deja vu all over again. <laughs> so this was this was your idea last minute last time, which threw me for a little loop. But I'm oh, thinking right. maybe that we do it the same way. Do you want to just go one two three and say what our top album of the year is? So we're saying the album title. The album title. That's what we did last time too. Do you want to yeah, do that? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's okay. Easy. So just to, just to recap. Obviously, we've listed 10 albums here. We can say anything. So it could be one of these albums. It could be one of the ones that we cover for a deep dive. It would be strange, but you're also allowed to say some album that we haven't mentioned. So this is anything from 2022. <laughs> Are you ready? All right. Ready? One, two, three. Dragon Dust. New Warm Mountain, I Believe in You. Oh, wow. You picked the longest title and I picked the shortest. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wondered if maybe we'd be saying the same one at the end this time. I you thought know, I'd that one was up there. One, that, of, yeah. one that you actually technically picked. That's that's such a great album, but the Dead Tongues were really speaking to me this year. I, I listened to that album so many times. I listened to it while I was driving. I listened to it while I was working out. Uh, I listened to it, you know, doing odds and ends around the house. I mean... I didn't find a time or place where that album was not appropriate to be playing in the background. And uh, it's one that I'll keep coming back to over and over. It's one I, I haven't grown tired of at all, not not a single track, and it's good from start to finish. So got to go with that. And to think that it almost didn't even happen. I mean, he he, right. he, he, he put yeah. music down and like was to the point of 
wanting to burn all of his stuff and, and change his name and totally start a new life and walk away from his identity as a musician to then putting this out there, which I, I, I don't know if we can say it's his best uh, yet. I mean, the others were pretty darn good too, but I think it might be his best. So that's a pretty cool, pretty cool backstory uh, to this. And, you know, it's such a good album, but you can't go wrong with Big Thief either. What they've done is incredible. Why, why did that one stand out as uh, your best of the year? Man, I, you know, I, I was pulled toward it just by how I felt emotionally, especially, again, listening to that first song, and there's other songs that do that amongst those 22, but I also just, I went back and analyzed it with my mind after that and just thought, gosh, it's hitting on both of those things. I, I think it's just objectively a great album. It, it's moving me, and then I just, I listen to it technically and just think this is a band that's at a place where they're really pushing themselves and and um, making a name for themselves and I can just hear the talent in the musicianship and the writing and for it to be 20 songs and just all of those things together I thought this is this is definitely worthy and it stood out the most to me amongst many others but it was hard yeah I mean it was it was hard uh, to decide this year I I think I, I said earlier, and you you uh, said the same that you probably didn't listen to the same volume of of music uh, this year, but you still had an equal amount of high quality good stuff that um, makes twenty twenty two stand out as much as twenty twenty one or twenty twenty, you know, as uh, being the year of good music. And that's how I, I felt too. I, I looked at my list. I had a lot more on my list from last year. My, my top ten plus honorable mention albums I listened to that I that I saved uh, to go back to. I had more uh, on the list last year, but if I look at my top 10, it'd be tough to decide uh, which year was better because there, there were some fantastic albums from this year. I, I think Big Thief would be in my top three uh, if I had to decide. Uh, Arcade Fire uh, is up there as well. When I listened to We, I was obsessed with that album and thought this is my album of the year for sure, but I hadn't heard The Dead Tongues but I think those three would probably be my top three if I had to choose right now. I might have to sit down and think about that for a while. But when I first listened to Big Thief, I think I texted you, how would you feel about doing a deep dive on a 20-song album? And you're like, well, if you know, if it's worthy, I, I guess we could do it. <laughs> but um, I was thinking, man, <laughs> as deep as some of those lyrics are and as much as we would have to talk about with the music and to go back over their catalog with the, the success they've had you know, like that could easily be a five hour conversation if, if we do it the way we've been doing it. Um, yeah, so that would have no been a question. pretty tall task, but uh, it, it definitely needed to find its way on one of our lists. I know it was, was uh, going to be on yours too. Um, so thanks for letting me have it. I didn't know it was your favorite of the year. I didn't know it was my favorite of the year but either until cool. probably a couple of weeks ago when I just started yeah. thinking more uh, intently about all this and I, I really hope they win a grammy uh this year they've been nominated three times and they haven't won one yet um oh is that right yeah okay. but on yeah. wikipedia it said pending uh for two so i don't know if that means they've been put up for it and it hasn't been solidified or penciled in stone yet i don't i don't exactly know how that process works huh, but it said two know. pending one was for best alternative album of the year and then i think one was for best video of the year i believe or maybe song that would be pretty cool for them to to finally win a grammy yeah awesome well another one in the books here before we sign off 
too, I want to mention we reached out to several of you, our listeners, to submit what your favorite album of 2022 was. And if you submitted audio to be included on this episode, stay tuned till the end after we sign off and you'll hear your voice as well. So thank you again for those submissions. Hey, is Billy on there? Did he send Billy's you one? on there. Oh, oh yeah. good. Because I'm pretty sure he's going to pick that Zach Bryan album, which was incredible as well. Another super long album that probably should have been on one of our lists. You listened to that, right? That was a I did. great I album. Did. You'll have to listen to see what the great Billy Shields selects. I'm pretty sure that'll be his pick. We'll see. <laughs> but man, there were, there were a lot of others. I mentioned uh, Alt-J. The dream. Yep. I think you said that was potentially going to be on your list too, but but you thought I was going to yep. pick it. Yeah, that was yep. a good one. I'm just looking at my list here, seeing who else I want to throw out there real quick. Are there any Are there any names, any any bands or albums that you almost picked? Uh, that yeah, didn't make the my cut? my top ten is definitely going to have the smile with Tom York and Johnny Greenwood's newest project. Okay. Um, I think part of the reason I didn't pick that one is just because I know we're gonna do Radiohead at some point on here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The Smile was an awesome album. And um, Built to Spill, another one of my mm, longtime yeah, favorite bands, put out a great album this year. Yeah. Father John Misty, you mentioned um, Alt-J already. All all artists, actually, that I knew already. Oh, yeah, there. for sure. Yeah, yeah, I had a few that I that I knew already as well that are, that are kind of staples. The Tallest Man on Earth released an album that oh, was yeah. pretty, pretty yeah. good. Pine Grove had another album Eleven mm-hmm. Eleven was their uh, release this yeah. year it was it was pretty solid and I, I almost added odessa to my top five and in fact i th- i think that was my pick and then i took it back right it was we yeah, one, back and forth got, <laughs> yeah i got, got toward the show. end and i was like wait a minute i gotta i gotta have this one on there but odessa released an album called the last goodbye which was awesome i know that's a, a genre um, that we haven't really explored much they're they're kind of EDM house music and yeah. that was incredible that was my go-to workout album for a while and another band I got to give a shout out before we finish here is Bonnie Light Horseman they re- they released an album called Rolling Golden Holy I guess you could call it a, a super group um, made up of Anias Mitchell who also released oh, her own okay. album uh, this yep. year that, yep. that made my I didn't realize those mention two list. Were- yeah, so uh, related. So she she's in the group uh, Bonnie Light Horseman and also doing her own music on the side. Eric D. Johnson, who's the lead singer of the Fruit Bats, and uh, the last member is Josh Kaufman, uh, who was a part of the National His Golden Messenger and Josh Ritter. Oh wow! Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That band Bonnie Light Horseman is is incredible, and you know they they deserve a mention here as well. And something else interesting, I realized here the lead singer of the dead tongues ryan gustafson also played with his golden messenger before he started his project the dead tongues so that's kind of a cool Uh, interwoven uh, connection of of those people that uh showed up on my list and um um, his golden messenger is is uh, also from north carolina so i assume that's how they were connected pretty cool to to see all those connections of those people that probably influence each other and and uh, help lead to the production of such good music. Well, gosh, we could go on forever probably yeah. talking about all, all the bands that we've discovered and, and the ones that were left off, but uh, I guess now is a good time to 
pass the ball to our our listeners and friends and family who who chimed in and and hear what they had to say about their best albums they listened to this year i think that's the right time to do it and we'll officially sign off here so till next time and until next year go listen to a great album everybody happy new year If you're enjoying listening to Album Divers, you can support our podcast by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing it with someone else that appreciates great music. Follow and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Album Divers. We'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback about our take on an album that you already loved or had never heard before. Do you have an album you want us to dive into? Email us at albumdiverspodcast at gmail.com and we'll consider adding it to our queue for a future episode. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you never stop discovering music that moves you to dive deeper. Until next time. Hey everyone, this is Billy Shields. I'm just popping in to tell you a little bit about two of my favorite releases of 2022. Zach Bryan's album, American Heartbreak, and Bendigo Fletcher's new EP, Wingding. As I'm sure many of you are already aware, Zach Bryan's quickly becoming one of the most beloved songwriters, lyricists, presences in the music world, and not for no reason. I mean, he's virtually, he virtually came out of nowhere, you know, seemingly overnight, but actually he seems to have been dedicated to his craft for quite some time. You know, he talks about being in the Navy and just wanting to be done with the day and go home and just write songs, record songs in his bedroom with his friends. And that's something that I can directly relate to. I mean, that's all I ever wanted to do also. So I totally get that. And it seems like he's just blown away with the fact that he gets to take these songs, these personal songs, and stand on some of the world's biggest stages and watch every single person in every single one of his shows singing all the words back to him. I mean, if you haven't been to one of his shows, it's incredible. I mean, it's unlike any other show I can even think of right now off the top of my head with virtually everyone singing every one of his words through all the songs the whole night. It's something to see. Whatever it is, I don't know. He's got something going on. Um, This guy came out with an album, an EP, and a handful of singles this year alone. You know, and he has pretty decent-sized back catalog as well. All of his stuff, so personal. His songwriting and, and, um, you know, his lyrics are just hard to argue with. You know, he's... He has a very unique ability um, in articulating something that, you know, things that we all can relate to. His other unique ability lies in the fact that he can take the simplest songs and make them so uniquely catchy. He has, you know, his melodies, his vocal melodies, his song structures are so, they're nothing crazy, but he just, you know, he has such a unique way of, um, developing melodies that are just that you know they sound like they should have been there all along these songs have existed for a while but they haven't so he's really good at that definitely recommend checking out zach bryan one of my favorite lyricists if you like people like jason isbel or tyler childers i'm sure you already know about zach bryan but if you don't for whatever reason go listen to his music you will not regret it uh the second album i wanted to talk about is bendigo fletcher's new EP, Wingding. Um, I don't know if you know who Bendigo Fletcher is yet, um, but I don't know. If you don't, I don't know what you're doing. Stop it right now and go listen to their music. These guys are one of the best up-and-coming bands. Um, 
living, you know, in the indie kind of folk world. <clears throat> These are all great dudes. I've gotten to know them a little bit over the last year or so. I've actually been friends with the bassist for Bendigo, Connor, for years now. And, you know, these guys are just some of the most unique. Uh, they're putting together some of the most unique songs. Their, their imagery is incredible. Ryan Anderson, who's a lyricist and lead singer, is one of my favorite lyricists also. His imagery and poetry are so psychedelic and colorful, but at the same time, just like hard hitting and poignant. They're also songs you will not be able to get out of your head. Uh, just warning you right now. They're all so catchy in their own weird but familiar ways. Um, so I definitely uh, recommend listening to Wingding. My favorite song off that EP right now is Broken Routine, but Pterodactyl is great. Um, you know, And then check out their album from 2021 as well, Fits of Laughter. Each one of those songs is classic. You know, they're already, I mean right off the bat with sugar in the creek i mean you're just gonna be bouncing along right away um but anyways definitely check out bendigo fletcher's album uh or ep i should say wingding and check out zach bryan's album american heartbreak these are probably my two favorite releases of this year and i hope you will enjoy them 2022 was a difficult year I keep thinking about the late, great Neil Casal and his song Freeway to the Canyon, where he says, this last year left its mark on me. So I spent a lot of time this year sitting with music that I already know and that was already comforting to me. I listened to a lot of Third Eye Blind. I listened to a lot of Lana Del Rey. And I listened to a lot of Kyle Craft. And though it's really hard to pick a favorite record from the year, especially because Rhett Miller's The Misfit and Craig Finn's brilliant legacy of rentals, especially the song The Year We Left Behind, have also now made their marks on me. I think the best record of the year is Alt-J's The Dream, if only because I'm not sure how I would have survived this summer without it. I was trying to process a lot of loss and their songs, Happier That You're Gone, and The Actor, and Me and You, and the heartbreaking Get Better, touch on heartbreak in ways that transcend one interpersonal relationship. The songwriting is so painfully perfect. Things like, it's not easy, homelessness at home, my life is bracing for your touch, but you pass me to unplug your phone. Hallelujah. Can you write something more heartbreaking than that? Not to mention, they've got easily six or seven genres on this record. So for my money... Alt-J's The Dream is 2022. Hi, Album Divers. My name's Ian. Um, my favourite album of 2022 was Omega by The Alarm. It's a brilliant album and it's all about now. It's all about the pandemic and it's all about the storming of the Capitol building. You've got to listen to Safe From Home. It's a fantastic version of a brilliant track. Hey, Album Divers. My name is Gerald from the Netherlands. My favorite album of 2022 was Dragon New War Mountain, I Believe in You by Big Thief. Because I've never heard such a diverse indie folk album that had so much beautiful lyrics thought-provoking poetry, 
by a band that really listens to each other while composing and led by a woman with a voice that just splits your soul. Hey album divers, my name's Murray and my favorite album of the year was Black Country New Road, Ants from Up There. Uh, it was released pretty early in the year and almost from the moment I heard it, I thought it's going to be really difficult to beat as you know, the best for 2022. Uh, the reason is for me, it's a sprawling, beautiful, romantic, jazz infused masterpiece that connects emotionally on a whole range of different levels, both musically and lyrically. Uh, the moment I think I heard the song Concord, I just was drawn in and then gradually the rest of the album uh, unfurled itself to be, you know, as good as, as that track. So there's not a dud on it. It's a great record. It's got the extra sort of emotional impact of having the singer, having left the band four days before the album was released. And I think that just kind of sums up the utter, complete, um, you know, emotional immersion that he must have had when he was making the, the record with the rest of the band. So, yeah, for me, that's uh, the best one for 2022. Thank you. Hi, Album Divers. How are you? My name is Jan Rickard, and my favorite album of 2022 is Live and Let Live by independent artist Jula Westlin. It's an amazing album with no fillers, just 14 amazing songs with great meaningful lyrics and melodies brought right into your heart by Yulia's incredible voice. All in all, it's simply a fantastic production. Thank you. Hey, Album Divers. My name is Camille and I'm from France, as you can probably hear it with this accent. And uh, my favorite album of 2022 was With No Contest, Cave World by Viagra Boys because it's such a good punk and post-punk record. I'm a big punk fan myself, and I know uh, Viagra Boys from Idols. I'm a massive Idol fan. And uh, the first song that came out, the first single called Ain't, I Ain't No Thief, has such a raw energy, and, uh, and the music is like bashing something with a hammer. It's, it's so good, and the, the text of this song is really, really fun. But it's when I listen to the album in... The whole album and the second single, Troglodyte, who came out, uh, that I really loved it because this album is just like, you know, it talks about all this right wing conspiracy kind of guys that became really, really prevalent with the, the, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And I think I just needed an album of punk people who just say, shut up and fuck to, to all this stupidity so with uh, songs like troglodyte of return to monkey it's so good it's it just felt good to have someone who just said shut up that's stupid just shut up anyway it's a great record listen to it and 2022 was amazing in music 